How's it going, everybody? Nobody uh, blew away from the storm. I was teasing, like, I, we actually got a call um, earlier today uh, from a parent, and they're like, is youth going to be canceled tonight? And I was like, do we cancel youth because of rain? Like, and I'm like, anything, it's a free shower, right? Like, we just advertise, bring your soap and sh- shampoo, and y- you got this. So anyway, um, I'm glad you guys are here. Um, we are going to wrap up our series on prayer tonight. Um, and, and tonight, specifically, we're going to talk about the power of prayer. Um, because I think some of us have all run into situations or, or we've prayed things where it's like, um, we pray, but we don't necessarily see result, right? And it starts to get us to question, is like, is this, does this even work? Is this even worth it? Um, and so we want to look at that tonight. Um, prayer is something that, that we as a youth group believe in. And, um, and, and we believe that, that when we as a youth group, when you as a youth um, start praying for the things around you, that things are going to change, that God is going to change atmospheres, God is going to change hearts. And you're going to see things move and shift because of it. And so um, with that, um, prayer is a form of communication. Um, and, and like our last answer in the game, it's just one of those things that it's a power that we need to think about. And we often don't. Um, a lot of times when I talk to people, it's like, hey, have you prayed about this? And they're like, oh, I haven't. I just went to everybody and started talking about it. And so with that, we're going to get into the video. And so Nathan, do you want to go ahead and roll the video? diagnosed um, with cancer. I felt fear. I didn't know what was going to happen. I tried to turn to God. I would go through the prayer and the, you know, asking God, but there's been no improvement. I felt that it was dumb. It was stupid because prayer was supposed to be the one way that you could personally talk to God. And so I had done that for months and nothing ever happened. He had never answered my prayers. He had never answered any of our prayers. Out of all these people that prayed, um, not one of them would convince God to make my dad better. Why isn't my dad getting better? Why is he letting my dad suffer like this? When my dad passed away, I felt very angry. I felt very resentful at God because all this prayer and stuff, it had done nothing to help my dad at all. Why does it matter if I'm a Christian or not if the same thing is going to happen? I became very apathetic towards the entire idea of growing a relationship with Christ and being a Christian. After my dad passed away, we would still go to church. In some ways, God was trying to reach out to me because there was a person who went to that church and almost every week she would go up to me and she'd be like, hi, how are you? And she would talk to me. She'd be like, hey, you should eat through. And so every time I would shrug her off because, you know, youth group, that's dumb. I don't need to do that. I don't want to be doing Christian things when I felt no purpose to them. But eventually I went to youth group and then my mom asked me if I wanted to go to winter retreat. When I went to a winter retreat, the speaker had been talking about giving up the one thing that you hold on to. I could really feel God knocking on my heart. He was saying, you know, you need to let go of this. And for the first time I felt this I felt this kind of presence, this kind of warmth. I think I decided that I was going to give up a lot of the resentment and anger that I'd held. And for the first time, I kind of sat down and I prayed. That for the first time, there was something personal there. It wasn't just me talking to the open sky. 
I, I couldn't feel him talking back per se, but I could, I felt that he was listening, that he was, he knew I was talking to him. There are gonna be times in all of our lives that even if we pray in all sincerity and we go, gosh, Lord, I'm, I'm caring for the things you care about. I'm seeking your kingdom first. I'm confessed my sins. I'm praying in faith. And still God doesn't give you what you would like. Um, and it could be the story in Garrick's life where he, maybe he was living it out and and yet here comes a situation where God is answering prayer in a way that Garrick doesn't really like. And those are the times when we say, Lord, I, that was really tough to hear or it's, this is a tough result. But I trust, like you say in Isaiah 55, that your thoughts are higher than mine. Your ways are higher than mine because I'm telling you, there are great men of God who have prayed for certain things in scripture and God just said, that's not my will. It's, it's, I've got another plan and you may not understand this right now, but someday you will. So if you prayed right now, would God hear your prayer and answer you? See, some people would just say, well, yeah. And I'm going, no, that's not what the Bible says. Okay, it, it, it isn't just any time we throw a prayer out there, God's gonna hear it and answer it. Um, the Bible, it's true, God's love is, in, is unconditional, but we, we sometimes try to take that unconditional love and just make it a blanket statement for everything's unconditional. Doesn't matter what I pray for, he's gonna answer, doesn't matter my attitude, he's gonna answer me. It's not true when it comes to prayer. All through scripture, he says, look, if, like 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and answer. It's, it's, it's conditional. You know, if we're holding on to sin, you know, we're not turning from our wicked ways. There's a very real sense in which God isn't listening. There's even times in scripture, like in Isaiah 58, he says, you guys are fasting and praying and I am not listening to you. You can talk, you can cry, you can do whatever you want. I'm not listening to you. He says, because you don't care about the poor. You're not, you're not caring for their needs. You start taking care of them and then I'll say, here I am. You know, he says in James 1, he says, if you pray and you have doubt, he goes, that person should not believe that he'll receive anything. He says in scripture in First Peter 3, he's talking to the husbands and he says to treat your wives as fellow heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. So all through scripture, there are times when God says, look, if you're going to pray to me, you've got to believe. You can't have doubt. When you come before me, you know, you need to confess your sins. You need to humble yourselves. You need to make sure your relationships with people are right. You've got to make sure that you're actually living as I called you to live. We need to be bringing our best before God. We need to come before him with reverence, confessing our sin, coming into his presence, because the Bible is saying that, look, there are times when he even says in the book of Amos, how he says, gosh, the, even the noise of your songs, I don't want to hear them anymore. Why? It's because of their lifestyle. 
they hadn't really submitted themselves to God and said, God, I want to be about you. I'm showing it by my life and I'm even showing it by my prayer life, God. This is what I want. I want what you want. So as we pray, there will be times when, yeah, you know, God doesn't answer it the way that we would like him to answer. And there are other times when God will say, you know what, not right now, but there's also a truth that we need to do some inventory also and say, are there some sins in my life that I haven't confessed? Is there doubt in my life? Am I really caring for the things that God cares about? Because I want him to hear my prayers. I was born in Brooklyn. I was raised by my mom. Everything was great. You know, I was at the top of my class. I was, a, I was an A student. Uh, I was involved in church. When I was 10 years old, I had a muscle biopsy done on me and found in my muscle, I guess, uh, they diagnosed me with what's called limb girdle muscular dystrophy. And that's basically a defect in my genes where my body isn't able to produce muscle the way a normal person would. And the little bit of muscle that I do have deteriorates over time until there's basically nothing. It wasn't until high school that I started to really notice physical changes in my body and that I wasn't able to do normal things that everyone else or my friends were able to do. When people would find out, they would treat me like I was on my deathbed or something. You know, I would be pitied even by people I knew from church, they would pity me and they would look at me in such a sorrowful way and they would always say that they're praying and that um, God was gonna heal me, God was in control of the situation, but it never felt sincere. They would tell me that they were always keeping me in their prayers and they would pray for healing, but if he knows everything, what's the point of praying for it? I came to a point where I'm like, okay, God, I believe that I've received healing, that I, in the spirit, I'm already healed. So I pray with such an expectancy now and just filled with so much faith. It's so encouraging to see someone like Chelsea who's struggling and yet is able to pray and have this connection with God and to have this faith and, and who knows what's going to happen in her life. Um, gosh, I've been a Christian for a long time and I've seen God heal people miraculously. And then other times where he chooses not to heal them. And, and I don't always understand why there's not this perfect pattern. And so I, I'd hate to just say, Hey, just do this, 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 and this is all I know is what I see in scripture. And the scripture says in James chapter five, it says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So the Bible does tell us, look, if we're sick, 
I should call because you know because the Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Let me call for the elders of the church. Let me confess my sins and let me have them lay hands on me and pray for me. And the Bible does speak of healing. Yet there are other times in Scripture where um, Paul talks about people like Timothy who has an ailment and he says, ah. Take some medicine, take some wine for your stomach. He, he talks about uh, Epaphroditus and how uh, he, he was kind of left to die because they didn't know he was going to get any better. They, and you see these godly men and going, gosh, it, it, it's not like they were healed every single time. I don't get it. Um, but what we need to do is follow the example of Chelsea and go, Lord, look, first of all, let me just confess to you and thank you that. I know you. This is the eternal. This is this is greater than my physical healing is that I've been healed spiritually. My soul is pure before yours. But here's my request and I know because you're the God of the universe, I'm praying in faith and knowing that you can't heal me. I may even call for the elders of the church to come anoint me with oil, lay hands on me, pray for me, and let's be faithful in this. And again, I have seen the miracle. I've seen the miracle of healing. And I've seen other times when God says, for reasons you may never understand on this earth, it's not going to happen this time. And we surrender and we surrender our will to God. But that doesn't mean we don't pray with total faith. We started a Bible study at Hebron High School uh, named Kingdom Culture. We would pray, uh, worship, get into get in the Word. One day we decided to start having prayer walks at the school. I was very hesitant to start doing a prayer walk because you know we have an old life, you know, before Christ, and a lot of those people know you, and it's like, oh, you're the guy that used to na na na. And you're like, oh man, they're gonna make fun of me now and all this stuff. Um, but to be able to rise up through that, it was good. And I felt like that the Lord, He really was with us in what we did for and through Him. Prayer was a great way to evangelize to someone. One day we were walking through the school and praying for a lot of people. We met a girl named Kelsey. While talking with her, she started to really open up about some issues she was having with her parents and with life in general. And we started to speak into her life, speak encouragement, and speak that the Lord does have a hope for her. After that day, she started to come to the group and she started getting in the Word with us, praying, worshiping, and her life started to grow in Christ. And she would even come out and uh, minister with us. About the last Kingdom Culture meeting we had that year at the school, we had a day where we would just say what we got out of uh, coming to Kingdom Culture and how much it had blessed us. When Kelsey had spoke, she talked about um, how she was really, really thankful for reaching out to her, being bold, stepping out, and just being a friend as well. So it was, it was blessed. Let's be honest, one of the most difficult things in the Christian life is having the courage to go and tell other people about Jesus. And so when we see that video about Kenny going out and praying for people and, and being able to share his faith, there's part of us that's like, ah, oh, I want that boldness, I want that courage. And something you have to understand is that in Scripture, 
This courage was something that came literally from God. And, and, and it came through prayer. Like we see in Acts chapter 4, in Acts chapter 4, when it was talking about Peter and John, it specifically mentions their boldness. It says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. They go, wow, these were ordinary men, but did you see their boldness? Did you see the courage with which they, with which they spoke? And then it, and it goes on and, and it talks about how, how they, uh, they, they, they even stood in the midst of persecution and threats. And yet the moment they got out from the authorities, it says in verse 29, they began to pray with the other believers. And it says, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness. And then in verse 37, 31, it says, when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I point that out because these guys were already known for their boldness, yet when they got together with the other believers, they prayed for greater boldness. And then when they prayed, the place started shaking and God filled them with a greater courage to go out and share the gospel more. Look, we as believers, we all get scared. And, and, and part of me wonders, is that because we don't gather together and pray for courage? Um, Maybe we're not honest enough in saying, look, I'm afraid to talk about Jesus on my campus. Will you pray for me? You know, rather than feeling the guilt and the shame of denying Christ and not speaking up for him, let's do what those early believers did and gather with friends and say, God, we've got to get this message out, but we're scared. We don't have the courage. We don't like the rejection. So right now, in faith, we're coming before you, God, make us a courageous group of people to go out on that campus and speak up for you and tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. Time flies when we're having fun. Um, I wanted to break in into just a, a little bit more on that Acts 4, um, but I just want to highlight a, a, a how they prayed. When they went back, when they went back to their own kind, when they went back to their people. I have five points that, that they prayed when they came together and they prayed how they prayed. Because some of us, let's be honest, like some of us aren't wordsmiths. Some of us don't know the right things to say. Some of us, when we're stuck in situations, it's just like, I don't know what to say. I don't even know what to pray. And I think we can learn from Scripture. We can learn from, from the previous saints that have walked before us. When they're in situations, see how they pray. Study how they pray. See what they say. And when you, when you dig through Acts 4, this is what their prayer contained. They first and foremost, they praised God as the creator. They were just like, God, you are in control. And I think there's power if we, if we come to him before any situation that we have and say, God, you are in control. No matter what happens, I want what you want, even if I don't really want it, right? They quoted scripture back to God. That's the other thing is if you look through Acts 4, you'll see that they're, they're quoting scripture back to him. And, and, and I would say like, well, shouldn't God already know scripture? Yeah, he does. 
He knows what he said. He knows what's been written. He knows what his word says. But I think there's power when we start quoting scripture back to him because prayer is just, it's a two-way street, right? Prayer is just like talking. You talk and then you listen. And I think when we come back to God and say, God, this is what your word says. This is what I see. I'm calling on this right now. He knows we're listening. Amen? They applied scripture to their current situation. Some of us need to stop asking the people around us what they think about the situation and need to start applying scripture to our current situation. We need to stop going to faulty advice and go to what's solid. They asked God to empower them. And they asked God to work miracles. They asked God for them to be a part of the miracle that he wants to produce. How many of you pray for that miracle? You pray for the miracle, but you maybe don't pray that, God, I want to be a part of it. I want you to use me in it. I think there's power there because God cares about the result, not necessarily just the words. He wants us to be in a different place than when we started. And I love how many of us would want to come together in prayer. Like we, come, we pray together as a youth group and the ground starts shaking. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want that. I don't want to just be like, well, there was an earthquake at the time. I want it to be like we could feel the presence and power of God in that moment. How many of you would walk out of here with a little different mission? If that, like, dude, we just prayed and the ground started shaking, right? So I want to encourage you with that. And some of us don't know what to say. And so I've kind of come up with an outline of, of people that were praying through situations. And, and I want you, I wanted you to dig through this in groups, but we're not going to have that time. But I want you to, to um, take one of these and dig through them in, in your own time. Dig through what they're praying over, what they're saying, the things that they're, they're saying. Uh, I have a couple questions on there to help you dig through those. But then apply it to your own life. What are things that you're going through that you can pull from what they're praying, how they're praying, what they're saying. We don't need to be wordsmiths. We don't have to have everything. Sometimes we can just repeat back to God what he's already written. And I know that you're going to see the power of prayer in your life. I guarantee it, you guys. When we start reading, when we start applying, when we start speaking back to him, God, this is what your word says and I want it. We're going to experience the power of prayer in our lives like we've never experienced before. So I hope that that encourages you. When you're in a situation that you don't know what to pray, go to scripture. Pray that. Go to the basics. Pray the Our Father. See how Jesus is praying. Examine what, what, he, like, what it looks like. What is he saying? And God, how do I apply that to my current situation? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. But Father, we can learn from your disciples, Father, that we can look at Peter and we can see what, what, what they pray, where they go, God, when, when they're put on trial for healing the, the crippled man. It says, you know, one, it's a shabby trial that they're put on and the people just ask them to leave. But it says, then they return to their own kind, Father. They return to the church and the church prays. God, may that be our reaction. Father, when things hit, we don't go to whatever source and, and hear whatever they have to say, whatever wisdom is of the time. But God, we come together as a family, as a church and say, Jesus, we praise you and you are in control. 
God, this is what your word says, and we want this in the situation. Father, may we apply scripture to our lives. May we pray scripture back to you. God, I pray for every student here that we could go home tonight, open up your word, and just start praying it back to you. God, I'm listening. Speak to me. I see what your word says. I want it applied in my life. And I believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are going to start seeing the power of prayer in our life. And and it's going to be something that, that we can't live without. God, some of us are really good at talking to you, but some of us are not good at listening to what you have to say. God, give us the ears to hear tonight. Father, I thank you that you are big enough for any situation. And I pray over our students now, no matter what they are going through, Father, that they can lay it down at your feet and they can experience the ground shake because of what they're doing. They're coming to you. And that, God, that they would be able to turn around and walk out with boldness. Holy Spirit, just guide their hearts tonight. Father, I thank you for them. May you give them a fresh and new boldness. Father, we give you this night. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I just encourage you, write down Acts 4, verses 23 through 31. Read how they respond after they they go through the trial. Where do they go? What does the church pray? What do they pray for? What happens? What's the outcome? Because sometimes when we don't know what to say, all we can say is like, God, I see this. I don't know what to say in this situation, but I want this applied. And I believe doors are going to open in your relationship, in your conversation with God that have never been opened before. Amen? I love you guys. Have a good week, you guys.